Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grosser Show. IQ's got to get going here, man. Where is the guy who was the runner-up to, you know, sixth man of the year once upon a time in the regular season? Where is that guy? Can we go back to the regular season and grab that Emmanuel quickly, put him in the time machine, and transform him back to now and let him know it's the playoffs and let him know, hey, man, now's the time. We need some of that scoring punch. We need that, you know, 12 to 15 points a game. It would come in handy, like, right about now. So much so that Tibbs only put him out there for nine minutes the other night. Think about how much easier things would be for them for the rest of this series if Emmanuel quickly is out there doing his thing. This is the Dan Grosser Show. What the hell is that big, bright, shiny thing in the sky? And then I looked it up. They said it's the sun. On 98.7 ESPN. We actually got confirmation it is indeed the sun. Harvey and Joe were able to... Confirm that for us. They called in the top experts in the meteorology field, and we got confirmation on that. Hour number two on this busy Saturday, Dan Grosser Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. We're taking it right up until high noon. Then Anita's going to take over with her program, and she will lead you right into pregame. Pat O'Keefe's got that for you at 3 o'clock. Knicks and the Heat, a game trace. Bing bong, bing bong, down bong, Miami. bing. Bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, 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 That's exactly what we got. Uh, you get me on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. So, Fran, our last caller, was talking about, you know, where the Knicks are right now and, and, and how you continue to build this thing and how you continue to make it even better than it is, right? And, look, we can all agree watching this club. They're a nice team. You know, they're even better than a nice team. They're a good team, right? They're a few wins away from the conference final. They're a good team. But they still don't have that guy. They still don't have that alpha male. They still don't have that number one. Randall's a real, real good player. I don't think he's a number one. Brunson's been a revelation. I don't think he's a number one. So who is that guy? And you know what? There's only a handful of those guys in this sport right now. And not every team certainly is going to be able to have one on their squad. So what do the Knicks do about getting them? Look, they've tried. They've, they've made overtures over the years. They thought they were maybe on the verge of getting one or both of them when the whole Kai D or, or Kai D. I can, see, you know, Kai D is the combination of KD and Kyrie. So I think we've just like coined a new basketball player, a Kai D. It takes the best features of each and you combine them into one without all the drama and without all the garbage and you just get a guy who's worried about basketball and not all the other nonsense. That's Kaidi. So whoever the hell it might be, they tried to get him and they couldn't. However, there's a guy who clearly is on that list, one of the best players in the sport. Some people would even call him maybe the best player in the sport. He's got a championship. He's got MVPs. He just isn't playing basketball currently right now because his team got eliminated. And I'm talking about our Greek friend in Milwaukee. Now, we have already seen a former Milwaukee athlete, or I, I don't want to say Milwaukee, a Wisconsin athlete who's already made the migration over to our fine city here. And we're talking about the quarterback of the New York Jets, which is still hard to believe, but it's real. So now there's these rumors swirling that maybe, just maybe, Giannis might be looking 
to move on from the Milwaukee Bucks. And, and, and there's a lot of things at play here. A lot of things. It's not just as simple as, well, he's unhappy about this or he doesn't like the food anymore and he doesn't like, you know, the post-game spread in the locker room and the laundry detergent they're using. Or no, it, It's not that stuff. It is a multi-layered conversation as to why maybe Giannis would look to seek greener pastures. But Brian Windhorst, who, of course, covers the NBA like a blanket for ESPN and who was spot on last summer about the whole Donovan Mitchell trade from the Utah Jazz. Remember the viral video with the hands and everything about what is Utah thinking, and then lo and behold, he gets shipped to the Cavaliers. So yesterday he was on first take, and he had this to say about a situation involving maybe Giannis moving on and the Knicks maybe monitoring the situation. Take a listen. Is Giannis going to extend? I don't know. And that uncertainty is what the league is watching right now. The New York Knicks, for example, they got 97% of their attention on the Miami Heat, 3% of their attention on Milwaukee. What's going on over there? So think about this. Think about this. Knicks got themselves a playoff game today, right? Big game. As big a game as they've played in a decade. That should be the focus of attention. But where there's smoke, there's fire. And Brian's not going to be a guy who's just going to throw things out there because he's got nothing better to do. Even though when you go on those shows, you need to come up with something to talk about each and every day because you just can't say the same stale thing over and over and over again. But I don't think he's just pulling things out of thin air. That's not his style. That's not what he does. You know, his reputation precedes him. So this has to be something that's percolating. Now, why would he say that Giannis might look to move on? Well, there's a couple of things here. First and foremost, you always look at the contract situation, right? Money talks in this world. When they tell you it's not about the money, it's about the money. And yes, Giannis just signed a big, healthy contract extension for the max not too long ago. And when you look at the deal, he's got two more years after this, plus a player option. So if he really wants to stay in Milwaukee, he can hang around there for three more seasons. $45.6 million he's due next year. $48.7 million the year after that. And then that player option for 2025 is a tidy $51.9 million. So needless to say, I don't think he's going to be missing too many meals or not, uh, not going to be able to pay his bills anytime soon if he chooses to. All right? Contract situation is fine. However... Even though you're under contract, that doesn't mean that you're not eligible for a new one. And Giannis is going to be up for a new deal come September. And we've seen this a lot in the NBA now, where guys, even though they are nowhere near free agency, but if you look around the sport and you see this guy getting paid and that guy getting paid, and why am I not getting paid as much as this guy and so on and so forth, they always want to set the bar higher. So Giannis can have those discussions in September. Now, look, I don't know behind the scenes – if his people have reached out to Milwaukee about getting something done, saying, hey, once September rolls around, we're going to be ringing you up and we want to be taken care of. We want to be compensated even greater for what we've done already for this franchise. Second point. Apparently, Bucks are going to have some tough decisions to make this summer. Brooke Lopez, a free agent. Chris Middleton, a free agent. And possibly if the team does not feel like spending all the money it's going to take to retain one or both of those players, which then means possibly adding on several million dollars to the luxury tax in terms of payments, that that could be something that maybe disappoints somebody like Giannis. 
Not that he would ever hold their feet to the fire and say, trade me necessarily, but that's another potential domino that could fall. And then you have the situation involving one of their former owners in Mark Lasry. He was a guy who sold out his stake in the team earlier this year. And the thought process behind that was not because he needed a couple of bucks, right? Not because he wanted to go buy another vacation home or something like that. No, because he could see the storm clouds gathering down the road for this franchise. And that could potentially mean the standoff between the front office ownership and maybe Giannis when push comes to shove. Because they know that this guy's going to want to get paid again, and it's going to cost you several hundred million dollars. Or, just to satisfy him, it's going to cost you even more than that because you're going to have to give Giannis a new contract, plus keep some of his buddies around, which maybe you're going to have to overpay to do just to satisfy the guy, and maybe they don't want to write a check that big and fat. You know, there's a lot of things that factor into this. So at the end of the day, not that anything is imminent, but you always wonder, how do you go get that superstar? How do you get one of those guys on your team, right? We've sat here and asked ourselves that question for years and years and years. You're not going to be able to find that guy in the draft unless you get extremely lucky. you got to win a lottery, or you have to win a lottery in a year that you have this can't-miss, surefire, stud, generational player coming into the draft that you know is a can't-miss. Which, like I said, does not happen each and every year. So you go have you have to go pick somebody else up on another team, whether it's a disgruntled veteran, somebody who magically becomes free. And I would think Giannis would fit that category, wouldn't you? I, I, I mean, think about how big of a star he would be in New York City. Now, look, I thought that Giannis was kind of the rare breed and the fact that this is a guy playing in a small market in Milwaukee, became a superstar, won a championship, won MVPs, and at least up until now has managed to stick around with the team that drafted him. And he's been there for a decade. And he always said that, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. Well, I guess things change, don't they? And we don't know how likely of a scenario this is, but the bottom line is, if Winhorts is telling you that the Knicks are at least keeping an eye on this, and they're keeping tabs on the situation, how does that not whet your appetite a little bit as a fan? And, I, and isn't it funny? Normally, like this time of year, first week of May, we're already sitting here talking about next year, the offseason, how do you get better, instead of the fact that we're having this discussion while the Knicks are playing their most important game in a decade coming up this afternoon. That's what's great about it. It's like having your cake and eating it too. It's fantastic. We're allowed. So... That's something that we should keep our eyes on over the next couple of months and to see how this thing plays itself out. If he's, if he's eligible for an extension in September, you got to figure that we're really going to start to hear rumblings come maybe, you know, July, August, as to which way the wind is blowing and how receptive Milwaukee is going to be to even ripping up the current deal and giving them a new one. And if they're not, well, then they might have to face that death alternative for the franchise, which means move on from one of the most popular players in the NBA, one of the best players in the NBA. And the Knicks and Leon Rose will be sitting there waiting. Now, there's a price for everything, too. I mean, we're not going to sit there and, you know, give them the keys to Madison Square Garden, right? I'm sure that they're going to ask for the earth, the moon, and the stars, much like the Utah Jazz did. But 
you probably look at it a little bit differently considering Giannis is on another level than somebody like Donovan Mitchell is. Alec in the car is up next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Alec, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. How are you on this beautiful day? Alec, you know what? It's a beautiful day. Can't wait to get out there myself. Doing great. What's going on? Nothing much. I'm not sure if you remember last week I called in last Saturday. I claimed I had the heat in six. And, Dan, don't get me wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I pray, I pray that I'm wrong. To see my Knicks in the conference finals for the first time in my lifetime, because I'm only 18 years old, would be, like, amazing. The only way that these Knicks will be able to get there is that if everybody plays their part. Our bench has to play like they've been in the regular season. Hart and Sign cr- crashing the boards off, off, off the bench. Grimes stepping in when he has to. IQ hitting his threes. This Heat team is a totally different animal than, than the Cavs were. The Cavs weren't ready. Donovan Mitchell was not the same Donovan Mitchell that we saw in the regular season. He averaged, about, I think it was 22 in, in, in the Knicks series. Everybody has to play their has to play their part with Jimmy Butler coming back. That's going to be huge for, for the Heat. Barrett has to knock down his shots. I mean, Barrett, like like you said before, has been prone to disappear. He has to hit his open threes. It's huge. It's it's it spaces out the floor. It's and if he does play like that, like he has been in the, in the past few games, knocking down his shots. It's huge. Josh Hart has to has to contain Jimmy Butler too. We know. Everybody knows that Butler is going to perform. I don't think anybody expects him to stop Jimmy Butler, but he can't do what he did against the Bucks. He can't go for 40, averaging 38 on the series. Well, we'll not only that, that. A- Alec, here's the thing, and, and I brought this up with Allen, you know, when we had him on a little while ago. I-, I-, I want to see Jimmy Butler down the other end of the floor because one of the things that the Knicks were guilty of in game one when Jimmy Butler got hurt late in the game is that they didn't challenge him at all on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, think about it. You got a guy playing on one leg, and they didn't go after him. And you wonder why that was the case. Now, you also don't want to get away from what you do well. But if I know that I got a guy who certainly compromised a little bit, I'm going to challenge him and see how he responds. And I'm going to do this early in the game because if it doesn't work for me, that at least gives me time to make adjustments for the remainder of the ball game here. But you got to try to maximize opportunities when they present themselves. And that's what I'm looking at here with, with, with Butler. You know, challenge him. All right, we know that you're not 100%. How bad are you or how strong are you? Let's see. I think it's going to be tougher for him on the defensive end, potentially, than it would be on offense. Adrenaline and all that stuff takes over. You know, you, you, you make your shots, this and that. You know, you could be just a stationary spot-up shooter. I have confidence that Butler could still affect the game that way, but it's on the defensive end of the floor. If he's a liability, and then the Knicks are playing offense, essentially five against four, that's a matchup you want to exploit. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. So we'll continue the Knicks conversation throughout the rest of the morning. When we come back, though, we got to get into the night in baseball here. And specifically, what happened down in Tampa last night with the Yankees. One on the field, and number two, really, really telling comments, I thought, made by the manager as well. Dan Gross' show, we're rolling till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We'll get away from the Knicks here for just a little bit and talk about the night in baseball, which, you know, had some good, some bad, depending on what side you're on. And... Look, down in Tampa last night, you knew that this was going to be an important series, right? And I know you play 162 of these games, and some of them just count a little bit more than the others do. And clearly, with the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays, the three in the trap this weekend, this would be one of them. And not just this weekend, because they're going to play a lot of games over the next couple of weeks, because Tampa's coming up here to play four games starting in a few days as well. So they're going to be seeing a lot of each other. And remember... Now with the new schedule, you only play each other 13 times. They lopped off about two series with the division rivals. So you really want to make a statement every time you square off with one of the clubs that you feel like you're going to be in contention for. And clearly, forget about just the American League East. I mean, in all of Major League Baseball right now, 30-plus games into the season, Tampa Bay is the gold standard. I mean, they're doing things right now that we haven't seen any team do in about 40 years. I mean, that's how good, I mean, 27 and 6, you can't make that up. Now, do I expect them to play, you know, 800 winning percentage baseball for the entire season? No, but they really don't have to do anything other than play, let's say, 500 for the remainder of the year, and they're going to find themselves in the playoffs. You know, like this, they've set themselves a pretty good foundation up until this point. But last night, you know, Yanks fall behind early. Johnny Brito gets hit around pretty good, and... Give them credit. They come back. They tie the game in the sixth inning. Bader hits that big home run to even things up. And, you know, before you know it, Tampa Bay gets it right back in the seventh inning. And, look, uh, uh, unfortunately, you had that play in left field there with Bowers, who's got to make that play. He's got to make the play. It's Major League Baseball. Ball hits you in the glove. You, you have to make that catch, especially in a game like this where the margin for error is so slim, and especially considering where the Yankees are right now with all the players that they have out of the lineup. The guys you have in there have to do their part. It's not like asking him to make Superman plays. I mean, that's a routine catch that a big league outfielder should make. Nothing more, nothing less. And, you know, when these guys come back into the lineup, you know that a guy like Bowers probably isn't going to be here anyway, so whatever. But what's the reality here with this team, right? I, I, I'll tell you, if you want to give credit where credit is due, I actually thought the bullpen didn't do that bad of a job last night because that thing could have got a hell of a lot worse. After Brito got tattooed early in that game, I thought the pen came in and settled things down and gave the Yankees a chance to at least come back in that baseball game which they did, and then ultimately squandered it again at the end because of the fielding miscue. But, you know, what can you do? You're 10 games out of first place. 
And you're trailing a team, as I said, that is off to a record start. You're still over 500. It's not like your Cardinals bad, as I said a little bit early on. I mean, St. Louis right now is 10 games out of first place, and they're in last, but they're also 13 games under 500. Yankees are still, like, treading water, big picture. So we're not going to push the panic button to the extent that you would maybe in St. Louis. And by the way, you know how bad things are in St. Louis? St. Louis is a city where, like, they never boo. That's why all the players want to go play for the Cardinals, because the fans are going to cheer you no matter what. They're actually booing now in St. Louis. That's, that's actually live from Bush Stadium, believe it or not. That is actual audio. That's nat sound, as they say. You know, Yanks can't get Randy Rosarena out, so they plunk him twice last night after hitting a home run. I guarantee you there's going to probably be a little bit of an interesting pitch or two up and in on a Yankee hitter when they square off again this afternoon. Probably, because Kevin Cash was pretty fired up about it last night after the game. Pretty fired up that the umpires didn't issue warnings, especially after that first one. And you know that these two teams have no love lost for one another. So, you know, be in front of your sets this afternoon. Maybe you got one screen on the Knicks, one screen on the Yankees, and, you know, you might see some fireworks down there at the Trop. So they lose to the Rays, whatever. But then there was something that the manager said. And before I really get into something that I I, I thought opened some eyes and really was staggering as to what he said, but let's hear from the manager after the game how he viewed tonight's loss. I, I like the way we're competing. We're fighting right now. Obviously, it's not easy for us right now, but, you know, I thought a lot of good things happened within. We, you know, made a couple mistakes or plays maybe we could have made that, you know, against the way they're playing right now, you got you to gotta make all those. But I like the way we're competing, and we got to, you know, <laughs> it doesn't get any easier, and, again, it doesn't wait for us. So we got we to gotta just buckle up and go get after it tomorrow. What's he supposed to say? Right. What's he supposed to say? You know, you look at the lineup that they're trotting out there each and every day. Now, look, you can look at the payroll and you say, well, they should be a little bit better. They should have maybe a little bit more in the reserve tank. If you are going to be missing a couple of your key guys, that's fine. But I, I mean, who in this lineup scares you right now? Seriously. Some of these arms that they're having to trot out there, even in the starting rotation with all the injuries. Like, you know, and, and I was looking at this too last night, like really thinking about it. When you stack up the Yankees and you stack up the Tampa Bay Rays, like the only guy in this Yankee team, unless I'm mistaken, that has even won a championship is, is Anthony Rizzo. And he didn't do it wearing a Yankee uniform. So, I mean, the rest of this squad, you think about, like who, who, who has even been to the top of the mountain even in Major League Baseball? So all this winning tradition in the Yankees and the like, nobody on this team has experienced that before. Nobody has. All right, so that was the game. And then, you know, last night we did the show. Show's over and, you know, winding down, watching, you know, whatever's on, all the postgame stuff, little basketball, watching the Devils get mauled down in Carolina and all those other things. And then I come across this comment that Aaron Boone apparently made before the game last night, when he was doing, you know, his daily media briefing before they even threw the first pitch. And there's no audio of this because I've been trying to track it down. We don't have it. So it's just nowhere to be found. But, you know, the print folks took it and ran with it. You know, it's like 1937 again, covering baseball. Apparently, Aaron Boone said before the game, talking about Tampa Bay, saying they can do some things we can't do. Okay. Well, what do you mean by that? They could do some of the things that we can't do, and he'll just say that. Well, that opens up a whole can of worms, don't you think? Because there's a lot of ways you can interpret that comment. Number one, 
you look at it as, well, that's something that your manager probably shouldn't be saying, at least publicly, even if he's frustrated and even if he's trying to voice his displeasure a little bit because the fact of the matter is that from a resources standpoint, I, I mean, you can't even compare, right? If you want to look at this globally in baseball terms, the Tampa Bay Rays are essentially the equivalent of a third-world country, and the Yankees are the United States of America. So when you talk about financial wherewithal, resources, ability to do whatever the hell you want, Yankees have the upper hand on almost anybody, maybe except the Mets. Right? The Rays play in a crummy ballpark, as bad as any ballpark situation in baseball outside of the Oakland Coliseum. They have a minuscule payroll. They have to trade away their young stars before they even hit free agency because they know that they're not going to be able to afford them and they'd lose them for absolutely nothing, which is a stark contrast to the way the Yankees do business. Remember, if a guy like Aaron Judge was on the Tampa Bay Rays, he would never even have gotten to free agency. He would have been traded probably three years ago. Aaron Judge would have been traded right after his 2017 season if he was on the Tampa Bay Rays because the Rays would have tried to sell as high as possible to maximize the return. So they can't compete mano a mano, dollar for dollar. That's one way of looking at it, but then I took it another way. And it really just kind of piggybacks off of what Brian Cashman said a couple of days prior at Yankee Stadium when he sat in the dugout and he uttered his famous, you know, don't count us out declaration. That there's still a lot of baseball to be played. I believe in everybody. I believe in the players. I believe in the coaches. I believe in the staff, the front office, the analytics nerds, everybody. I heard the manager say those things last night, or I read the manager and interpreted those things of, they can do some things that we can't do because of the way they run their organization. The way that they identify talent, the way that they develop talent, the way that they acquire talent, move on from talent, but then restock the shelves and then guarantee and ensure that by the time they get to the big leagues and put on a Tampa Bay Rays uniform, that they're sitting there and good enough to run out a historic start to the season at 27-6 and six like they are right now. Something that the Yankees aren't doing. I thought that was staggering. And look, I don't know it's because it was a Friday. People are maybe too consumed in the Knicks. Maybe it was Cinco de Mayo and people are consuming too many margaritas. I don't know what the hell's going on. But to me, that spoke volumes what Aaron Boone had to say. And right now, when you look at these two organizations right now and how they're run, it is like night and day. Tampa Bay has become like the gold standard. And the Yankees are the team that's in last place. And they just gave a guy $350 million who's on the injured list. They acquired a guy who's making over $300 million who's on the injured list. They went out there and they gave a pitcher, what, $200 million or whatever the hell they paid Rodon. Now he's got a chronic back issue, which is going to require weekly injections for crying out loud. And who knows when he's going to throw his first pitch. Tampa don't have those problems. Tampa's best pitcher, how about this? Tampa's best pitcher hasn't thrown a damn pitch this year in Tyler Glass now, and he's going to be back here pretty soon, which is going to make them even stronger. They don't complain. They don't whine. They're just going out there and beating the you-know-what out of every single team that steps between the white lines against them. And now the Yankees want to feel that the way that they can fight with them is, is get into a beanball war with Randy Arozarena because they can't get him out. Here's the bottom line with the Yankees, folks. 
And I know we still got 130 games left in the season, and I'm not sitting here telling you that they won't make the playoffs or they can't accomplish all their hopes and dreams and that sort of thing. But here's what I do know to be true. Tampa Bay is legit. The Baltimore Orioles also appear to be legit. Piggybacking off of the season they had last year, and now with even more. Hey, Baltimore's got a million better players in the pipeline coming up than the Yankees do, and some of them are already here. The Boston Red Sox might be a lot better than any of us thought they would be. They've won seven in a row. All right, the offense is a lot better than maybe we thought they would be. And then the Toronto Blue Jays, who are actually scuffling right now, are much better on paper than the Yankees are. Much better. The best thing happening to the Yankees right now, and the Mets for that matter, because they're not without blame either. We'll get to them in a second. Best thing happening to the baseball teams right now is that the Knicks are three wins away from the conference finals. Oh, and that Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. Because that's taken up the headlines and the back pages more so than the baseball teams. 800-919-3776. Dan Grosser Show till noon right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Doesn't require a lot of thought really to watch the Yankees these days because they got a lot of problems. They can't get out of their own way. And you know what? Throw the Mets into that category. The only difference between the Mets and the Yankees right now is that the Mets somehow just found a way to win a game last night which still, you know, is surprising to me because, I mean, this Mets offense is putrid. You know, the Yankees have somewhat of an excuse because they have like, you know, $800 million of their lineup, which is on the injured list right now. What's the Mets excuse, right? I mean, they have everybody. And yet they've scored two runs in the last three games. And it's not like they're going up against, you know, world beaters. This is against the Colorado Rockies and the Detroit Tigers. Two of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, right? Rockies might be the worst team in the National League, might be, even though they swept the Milwaukee Brewers at home, which is, you know, blind squirrel finds an acorn. But collectively, these teams are 12 games under 500, and yet they've held the Mets to two runs in three games. 
And last night, look, Senga was good. It was a step in the right direction. Like, I, I keep saying about Senga, like, everybody loves the ghost fork thing and the signage and all that stuff, and that's great. But you know what? Can, can he throw the ball over the plate? Because he walks too many guys for my liking. And especially when you have a team like the Mets that, you know, you don't get the benefit of the doubt offensively because they don't give you, like, any margin for error when it comes to scoring runs. You have to be almost damn near perfect. And you had a couple of slip-ups even with the bullpen last night where Adovino in the ninth inning had a guy get to third base. You know, Robertson walked a couple of guys. And Robertson's been great. Don't get me wrong. He's been outstanding for them. But, you know, eventually these guys are going to have to do their part. And they got a hit. You know, last night, Senzatella was pitching for the Rockies. It was his first start of the season. He hadn't pitched since, like, last August or September because of injury. And he goes out there and he shuts down this – I mean, you any sort of rust whatsoever? Not, not when you're playing the Mets. And don't think for a second Colorado didn't line it up that way. They were like, well, hell, we're going to play the Mets. They can't hit their way out of a phone booth right now. Might as well start him against them. Let him get his feet wet a little bit. Build some momentum. They need to be a hell of a lot better. A heck of a lot better. And I know the schedule's a little bit conducive right now, but – I don't want to hear it. He just got swept in Detroit. So even though you're playing Colorado and you got Cincinnati next, then you're going to have Washington again. Washington just beat you two out of three last week. Boy, they need to turn things around in a big way. Big, big way. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Simon in New Haven, who is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Simon, good morning. How are things? Oh, so-so. Uh, we we have got to get rid of Boone. You, oh. you know, and allow me to allow me to explain what what, what sure. he was trying to say yesterday. What he's trying to say is that uh, Tampa Bay is able to do better things than than the Yankees can do. See, uh, Tampa Bay is able to execute and uh, not ground out and pop up and play ping pong like we do. That's what he's trying to say. He you know that you know, he's an idiot, Boone. And, and Hal Steinbrenner, you know, he he should be ashamed of himself. He is he is throwing his father's legacy down the tubes. I'm telling you. We've got to get rid of Boone. We've got to get rid of Cashman. I'm telling you, all Cashman cares about is climbing down those walls and sleeping outside for charity. Every time he does it, we lose. We've got to get rid of him. What kind of general manager does that? Bob Watson never did it. Gene Michael never did it. If Cashman is so fond of climbing down the walls, get a job at the Chrysler building. They need some window washers. Simon, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If, if you were on a, a cliff, okay, and Aaron Boone was clinging to life on one end, trying to hang on for dear life, and Brian Cashman was on the other end, and you could only save one of them. Who would you save? Neither. No, you could. You have to. You have to save one. You have to. Well, as much as I don't want to, I'm probably. I would probably pick Boone. Oh! <laughs> so there you go. So Simon does like Aaron Boone. No, there I you don't. go. I knew you had it in you, Simon. I knew it. Now, there was also a caveat to that scenario that I outlined because it wasn't just you save him, but if you do save him, then he also continues on as his job that he currently has. We're all going to be exposed as frauds. So Simon would save Aaron Boone, and Aaron Boone would continue on as the Yankee manager. It's a wonderful story. <laughs> hey. I know they got problems right now. It's obvious. And I know the manager has been dealt a tough hand. He has. I've been saying it for years. It's got nothing to do with what's happening now. And it's got nothing to do with what the general manager said a couple of days ago. I'm of the belief that, guess what? 
General manager is the guy who puts his team together. He gets the players, makes all the decisions. All the directives philosophically from this organization come from him all the way on down. He is this, Brian Cashman is essentially the emp- emperor of the Bronx. That's what he is. So you can blame the manager all you want, but I think there's a lot more of you, Yankee fans, that probably deep down think along the same lines as Simon does, that if you had to make that choice, you would probably retain Boone as opposed to the general manager. Because you know what? Don't you think this has kind of gotten stale? This team hasn't been to the World Series in going on almost 15 years now. They've only been to one World Series in 20 years. What's the common theme there? Is it Aaron Boone? No. Is it Jake Bowers? No. I know we'd love to point. Is it Johnny Burrito? No. You know, we're looking for scapegoats here. The one constant that's been here for 20 years is the guy who makes all the decisions. And he's been here longer than 20 years. You know, he rode in on the gravy train of the good old years, once upon a time, in the middle of the dynasty that Gene Michael and Bob Watson put together. And then Bob Watson stepped away, and he took over, got a few more championship rings with a dynasty squad. And what have they done since? They've got one championship in... What, 23 years? Not good. Not good. Let's say hi to Richard in Manhattan. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Richard, good morning. It's always a pleasure. How the hell are you? Dan, one year, one, one World Series appearance in 20 years. That's below average. There are 15 teams in the league. I mean, by mathematical numbers, Las Vegas analytics, any common sense. If there are 15 teams in 20 years, the average is about one and a quarter World Series per year. And the Yankees haven't done that. One World Series. That's below average with an unlimited banking account. Ridiculous. You know, your little joke about Cashman and uh, 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 Boone reminds me of the old Brooklyn Dodger uh, joke. I don't know if you remembered this. Some of the older fans would remember. After the Dodgers left Brooklyn in 57. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were there, of course, you know, and there was a lot of, lot of bad feeling. So the jo- old joke was if you had a gun with two bullets in it and you had Hitler, Walter Stalin, O'Malley. and O'Malley, <laughs> who would you use the two bullets on? And the Brooklyn, you know what the Brooklyn Dodger fan would say? Yeah, Walter O'Malley. O'Malley twice. You'd shoot yeah. twice on O'Malley. That was the old joke on O'Malley. Does it make sense? Dan, I just want a yes or no here. Does this make sense? You keep Hicks, and you let Ben Attendee go. Does that make sense to you? No, it, it doesn't no, make I sense. I don't want anything else. I, you don't have to explain it to me. Well, I'm older than you. I've been watching. Yeah. It makes no sense. But we know okay. why they did, right? We well, it doesn't why. matter. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I'm not asking why. That's not my job. I'm a fan. Makes no sense. The other night, Marinaccio, the, answer, to me, answer me this. Marinaccio <laughs> is pitching great. Pitching fantastic. He gets 12 pitches, two strikeouts, one, two, three. In the eighth inning, they bring in, no, with two out. With two out, they take him out. No runners on. The old refrain I heard from last year, two years, you don't want to bring a pitcher in the middle of the inning. But Marinaccio's pitching great. So they bring in the next guy, doesn't matter the name. He gets 32 pitches, 32 pitches, three walks, a base hit, gives up three runs. 
Does that make sense that one guy get, the guy pitching good gets 12 pitches, the guy that can't pitch that gives up the runs and the walks gets 32 pitches? Dan, does that make sense to you? No, I mean, in a perfect Okay, no, that's it. No. So yeah. why are we watching things that don't make sense? That's like going home and you hear the Yankee scores 9 nothing, and your wife and your girlfriend and your friends says, did you go back and watch the Yankee game? You'd have to be a fool to watch a 9 to nothing game. Well, we're fools for putting up with this stuff. This stuff doesn't make sense. There's no explanation. I mean, I can give you other things. This guy, Budenheiser, how did they fire a guy? Dan, do you know what his record was? Yeah. Budenholzer. Five years he coached. Mm-hmm. With the playoffs and regular season combined, he was 61 and 29. Five years, 61 and 29. Do you know what that average is out to? A 680 percentage. I mean, maybe Casey Stengel in 1960 or Jimmy Johnson, the Dallas coach in what, 93, 94? They, those were two of the most unbelievable firings. This one's got to rank right up there. You know, this, I mean, it's ridiculous. Two champion, he won a championship two years ago, mm-hmm. and you fire him. If the, I mean, unless there's a problem with uh, Giannis, which I never heard of, but things we don't know, and Giannis was hurt. How do you fire the guy? No goodwill at all. But anyway, these are my th- One last thing, Dan. Uh, yes. As far as Showalter, I thought he had that Met team under control. To, let, to say that Nimmo had free reign to run from second to third in a game where you're down by two, where that run means nothing, nothing at all. I mean, he's got to sit in a classroom and teach these guys. No, this, no, no, this well, no, what he meant by that, Richard, and I thank you for the phone pleasure call, always, always what he meant was is that Nimmo went on his own. You know, that was on the player. It's not like Joe Walter told him go or encouraged him to go. That was just the player making a boneheaded decision. And Nimmo owned up to it after the game. I mean, and, and you know, think about it. Where would they be without Nimmo? That's why even when he made that boneheaded base running blunder a couple of days ago, you can't even kill him because as bad as the Mets offense has been, Nimmo's like one of the only constant producers for him. He's been like their best player offensively. And look at what happened last night. They'd, the, if Brandon Nimmo doesn't hit that home run last night, they'd still be up in the batter's box right now. They would be there all through the night taking their cuts, getting their three outs an inning, and still trying to score a run against the Rockies, and they still probably wouldn't have scored a run. You know, even with the pitch clock, even with the ghost runner on second base, the Mets still may not have scored a run. You know, it would be like breakfast at City Field and we'd be in the top of the 38th inning. Mets and Rockies scoreless. Richard came out swinging this morning. He brought in a little Brooklyn Dodgers humor from 1957, which is, you know, always nostalgic. You always like to go back to yesteryear. By the way, trivia question for those that may not know this. Do you realize that the owner of the San Diego Padres, who, by the way, his checkbook is, is, is flying out the window with all the money that team is spending, Peter Seidler, the owner of the San Diego Padres, who's trying to build a winner out there, grandson of the former Brooklyn Dodgers slash L.A. Dodgers owner, Walter O'Malley. How about that? How about that? And now he's in competition with the Dodgers in that National League West. 800-919-3776. That's the number. We're coming right back. Dan Grasso Show, 9870 ESPN. Dan, you're a little wrong on your thinking that because you're a younger man. Well, if if you let me talk. Johnny Burrito. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs)
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Richard was talking about, you know, what the Yankees haven't accomplished all these years and so on and so forth. Think about this. Since the last time the Yankees won a World Series or were in a World Series, all right, if you want to talk about payroll and market size and that sort of thing, you have had the following happen. Texas Rangers won back-to-back pennants. Didn't win a championship, came damn close, but they went to -to back-to-back World Series. The Kansas City Royals won back-to-back pennants, won a world championship. Can't remember who they beat, but they did win one. San Francisco Giants have won three world championships. The Tampa Bay Rays went to a world series. Granted, it was in the bubble that was kind of fugazi. But you see my point here? You don't need to flex the muscles at the ATM machine. You don't have to have the highest payroll and so on and so forth. Just go out there and build a strong organization, player development, that sort of thing. That's what gets you where you want to go. I'll tell you, Richard was on fire today. He really was. He brought it. That was a lot of fun. Brian and West Palm is up next here on 98.7. Hey, Brian, how are you? Brian, you there? Brian, going once. Going twice. No, Brian. Damn shame. I was looking to talk to somebody from West Palm. You don't get too many callers from that neck of the woods. Hey, but you know what? West Palm's got nothing on us this morning because normally they could brag about the sun. We got sun today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's right. Sunny here, too, man. Mitch in East Windsor is up next. Mitch, good morning. How are things? Good morning, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. How you doing? Uh, Mitch, you know what? Things were okay, but now that I'm talking to you, it's even ten times better. Oh, stop. Knock it off. (laughs) No, Mitch, you know what? I'm serious. I'm a thousand percent sincere when I say that. Why shouldn't I be? Yeah, yeah, all right. Thank you. I enjoy your show, too. Uh, I wish you didn't get back to Norwalk and he doing a weeknights, not just on Saturdays. I'm babysitting my my nephew. We had three shows this week at night. We're going to have a hell of a lot more once, you know, because, like, the the games are winding down now. So you're going to hear me plenty. Don't worry. I'll be around. Good. Good. I'm, I'm babysitting my nephew's dog. He's a Belgian Shepherd. He was getting a little uh, – he was getting a little too frisky, a little rough with me. Oh, well, you know, uh, th- that's something probably that you should probably keep within those walls. But as long as the, uh, the Belgian Shepherd likes listening to the program, that doesn't make me any happier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I th- <laughs> so I'll give you a little quiz before I get to my next talk. Make it quick. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, and I know. He was getting, he was biting me. Uh, he, you can't wear your hat around him. He goes for the hat. I have, I have uh, you know, my Dodger hat here, and he likes to, to bite. And then he's, no, gonna, he's not a, he's, he's not a Dodger he's guy. He's going to bite me. Here. He's What's not that? a Dodger guy. I think that's pretty obvious already. <laughs> um, you know, it sounds like uh, well, I want so. Name a player. Yeah, he had a cup of coffee in two sports. Mm-hmm. I'm going back. I guess the richest time too. I'm getting up there too in age. Mm-hmm. He played in two sports, had a cup of coffee, but he made his his forte was in acting. 
Oh, God. I mean, well, well, tell me the sports. All right, baseball and basketball. Baseball and basketball? Yeah. So, uh, six six from Brooklyn. Six six from Brooklyn, and he had his own um, Western TV show. I should know this, right? Who Who, who is it? Chuck Connors. Chuck, uh, that, that, that's not really in my wheelhouse, though, Mitch, you know? Yeah, and he was, he was also drafted by the Bears, I believe. He's a three-sport star. No, and, there's um, a lot of guys there. Guy. Yeah, I, I didn't know that Chuck Connors was that guy necessarily. But, Mitch, I, I, I appreciate the phone call. I got to run. I got to hit a break. Enjoy the Belgium Shepherd. I hope you guys have a great Saturday together. Try to keep it clean. Um, yeah, Chuck Connors, huh? Interesting. I'm going to have to read up on him today if I have a few minutes. Uh, one more hour still to play with. On this jam-packed Saturday, we'll get back to the Knicks here a little bit. Do a little football as well. Jets and Giants having their rookie camps this weekend. Dan Grasso show on a Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN.